Welcome to Kogel One and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today Brie Larson introduces us to a new member of the Marvel Universe. She plays Captain Marvel. It's a film that made close to a half billion dollars worldwide on opening weekend. And the disturbing two-part HBO documentary series called Leaving Neverland. It's about the late Michael Jackson and his relationship with two very young boys and their families. It had us both cringing. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. For our new power pack superhero who loves to fly, we decide to toast with a similar wine from a similar lady. It's a Louvet wine from Walla Walla from Kelly Minozzi. I'm really excited to talk about it later. But nice. first, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel. We okay, saw well, it yesterday. Can we just talk about the experience of going to see a Marvel comic book movie in Hawaii? <laughs> So for for really for the first year or so we had to drive thirty miles mm-hmm. to the nearest movie theater. But mm-hmm. they've built a, a three. Yeah, we've talked about it before. We on built the show, a threeplex yeah. near us, and so we go and uh, you know and and we we have this little um, what do we call it a, a constant in our lives so that way to get we get a beer and popcorn. We well yes we used to do wine, but their wine selection I'm not crazy <laughs> about. So now we we get a little kind of long bo- long board and some popcorn, and we go and we sit in our little seats that sadly don't recline. And got there right as the movie started, which I love our timing. So you're really you're getting really good with this timing because usually it's like, no, we got to go early, and you're like, no, no. they're going to play 20 minutes of trailers yes. and previews, and we timed it just right. It's perfect. Okay, yeah. so yeah. we're in the theater. It's it's a matinee, you know, half packed. We're so excited. Yeah. I I haven't seen as many of the Marvel films, um, so I really didn't know exactly what to expect. Um, I was hoping it was going to be something, I guess, more DC comic-esque and that the um, story was going to play out a little bit more. Like I thought that, that maybe, or I didn't know what to think, but maybe Captain Marvel was going to play out like Wonder Woman did right. or like Black Panther did last year with this great kind of, this is this, this beautiful backstory of why this person is, has opted to do so much good. Didn't really get that as much in this. I'm slightly underwhelmed. (laughs) Listen, I think it's a good film and I think it's a really good story, but it's a, it's a minimalist movie as Marvel comics go. It's not as complicated and it's not, it's not pointing to a whole bunch of other things in the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this backstory about her and it takes place mostly in the Mm eighties. And and, and they yeah. and they do they do play well with the music of the time. They do she's kinda got a goofy sense of humor. She's a completely different style of Marvel mm-hmm. character that we've seen because she's kind of flippant and throws these one liners out a lot, which I find kind of fun but mm-hmm. not elevated. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I thought Wonder Woman was an elevated movie. Yeah. I think Black Panther is great. And yeah. they're both elevated in these in the in this universe that they're playing in. Where this one just kind of fits in okay, neatly, probably in the middle of the whole entire Marvel universe, even though it made a ton of money. I think it opened in America at 153 million over a three day weekend, and then 456 million, just wow. under a half billion worldwide on opening mm-hmm. weekend. So that's a lot. It's gonna it's gonna play out and be the probably the film to beat for box office mm-hmm. all year long. Mm-hmm. But that universe, the Avengers universe, the Marvel universe even the DC universe, but the, the Marvel universe has a built-in machine of just, it's a money-making machine. Mm-hmm. And the film doesn't have to be great. I think it's a good film. Well, and that's, and, and, and I love Brie Larson. Film. And so, you know, it's not a, it's not a knock yeah. on her at all. I just felt, cause we did allude to kind of like, okay, we get there right as, as you know, the, 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 
everyone's saying to turn your phones off and boom, right. we're in the movie. So, but I almost felt like we had missed the first 10 minutes because yeah. it opens and you're, you're so far kind of already into her story that then when they finally did give you the background, it was kind of like, oh, okay. So the theme of the movie for me is uh, let the girls let let the girl just be what she wants to be and let her loose mm-hmm. and quit trying to hold women back. There was a great kind of underlying story of here is this person that her entire life has been told she's not good enough. And you know what? She's going to prove that she is. And that she's and she, too emotional and will never be great because yeah. she's so emotional. And she keeps and she she gets knocked down and yet she keeps getting up. Right. As many strong, fantastic women do. Well, and also I think that she probably for until she breaks loose, her character actually believes mm-hmm. that because she's been so mansplained her whole life. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mansplaining to her. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden when she finally, you know, lets the stuff go and just becomes the powerful person that she is in the Marvel Universe, um, it's pretty powerful. And no, I mean, I think she probably kicked Superman's butt. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's it's a pretty big deal. But it, that's... I don't know about Batman. That's the... Uh, I don't know about Superman either. <laughs> that, we're crossing universes here. But, but that, that message alone is a really good thing. And, we're, and we're, we see this message more and more. I haven't, I haven't seen a message about mansplaining as much as this movie right. did. Right. Uh, the Jude Law's character mm-hmm. in the, is, is constantly mansplaining to her everything. And then there's a twist on his character, too. But, uh, and then Samuel L. Jackson's in it, and it's kind of a backstory a little bit of, of him, too, mm-hmm. in the Marvel Universe. But, it's, but uh, it was a good film. I got the message pretty loud and clear. Mm-hmm. It's PG-13. It's cross-cultural. It kind, of, it kind of does what it's supposed to do. But I will say, in the grand scheme of all these movies, slightly underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Slightly underwhelmed, but appreciate that it's there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and it is. I think yeah. with all of these, they, I mean, in the whole result that we're just going to have like like 97 different Marvel characters all coming together at some point. Yeah, to, they do a lot. To, <laughs> to do some other something that's going to save the world. Yeah, and she'll show up in the exactly. next, I mean, next that's one just as part it. of it's the like ensemble. It's like all of a sudden you just have all of these people that are yeah. all, and we're going to just destroy everything around us to save and one, don't they don't man. they always do the same thing about three fourths the way near the end of the movie, is that the star of the film, which is her, and then the bad guy stand across from each other, and they have so much power in their yes. hands and arms that they just look at each other and throw that power <laughs> at each other, you know, and they push him back and push them back, and they have this big struggle, and it's so redundant to me that I just I think I even meant to you, yeah. I leaned to you and said. Oh, they're blowing each other up again. <laughs> they're just trying to blow each other up, and neither one's going to die. They're just trying to push each other back with it. How much exactly? Look at my, head, you know, my powerful hands. My power drill is bigger than your power drill. Yes. Uh, something like that, anyway. Okay. okay. So, yeah. um, did think that I found a pretty fun pairing, though. What'd you find? Okay, so a handful of years ago, I was in Walla Walla um, for... A kind of they they do a, a big event Walla Walla Washington, um, which it's also Washington Wine Month this month, so that makes it even better. Walla Walla, and um, they do this kind of taste of, and they always have a kind of key variety that they focused on, either Syrah, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, kind of the the three big key varieties that that Walla Walla has done so well with, and had a chance to meet Kelly Minozi and her husband JJ who had really, at the time, 
maybe had one or two vintages out, but they started Aluve Wine um, about 10 years ago when they purchased uh, maybe 10 acre piece of land in Walla Walla, started um, planting planted, I want to say, five acres of it to Cab and Merlot and kind of those typical varieties. I think they might have some Sangiovese as well, some Chardonnay. But I just kind of loved their whole backstory, and that is that they both met at the Air Force Academy, and they were fighter pilots. Oh. Which is the same as Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel. She's a fighter <laughs> she's pilot. Fighter and she's got a buddy that's a pilot, too. Yeah. yeah. And and she... Um, wow. Both of them kind of... One, they had so much pride in flying for the country. That was a very big message that, that they kind of carry through and everything that they're doing. But being... Um, fighter pilots and the air force for the United States was like the, the greatest gift that they ever had and traveled all over the world doing this, lived all over the world, um, as fighter pilots and then decided that they wanted when it was time to, to retire, it was going to be to Walla Walla, which I also found kind of fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they, um, kind of got both the, the wine bug through their travels, um, and then figured out that that was a place that they could uh, do it affordably. And also kind of loved the whole idea of, of what the next phase was going to bring and how do you get, I mean, think of the rush you have to have by being a fire, fighter pilot, right. flying jets. I mean, just that adrenaline. And so- We've all seen Top Gun. Exactly. There is a, a good character named Goose in the Captain Marvel. Goose in the in Captain Marvel is a cat. It might be the best character of, of the I think it's the best the character in the film. And by um, the way, that is the homage to Top Gun. Yes. Goose. Um, but they, um, they kind of wanted to... They knew that they were going to get, though in a less probably stressful manner, the same kind of rush out of making wine. And, and I kind of just love that. I love that because it is so... So, so much of what you do in winemaking is so out of your control. And so how do you find the control and how do you, how do you find the, the ability to kind of, of rein in yeah, adapt something that, yeah. that is so uncontrollable, which I think winemaking kind of gives you some of that. The, uh, their Primo Volo um, was their first release. It's um, the Italian... Uh, Italian for first flight. It's a Cab, Malbec, and Merlot blend. It won the gold medal and best of class in the 2016 Walla Walla Valley Wine Competition. So they're making good wine. I do um, recall quite a bit how much I enjoy both their just straight Cab and then that blend. And then kind of I liked their how they came up with their name. And because Aluve is kind of a fanciful combination of Italian words for winged grape, which is also kind of an homage to their means winged grape um, to their kind of time in the air force if so. if we made wine we'd call it goose <laughs> we know we wouldn't we call it yoda <laughs> we we would call it yoda yes that's a really great story so we love the walla walla region we do i just think they make some of the best red blends in the world Gorgeous. and the best syrahs great cap great merlot great cabernet really it's yeah. and it's it's slowly but surely i think becoming one of the kind of top regions in in the world i think that just because it's been so hard to get there that a lot of of people haven't traveled to the region that has opened up quite a bit in the last few years and and with that i think a lot more wineries are going there 
and um, and then a lot more wines are kind of getting out into the marketplace. So Walla it's Walla. very exciting. It's the city we love so much, they named it twice. Yes. That's how it works. Absolutely. When we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, a discussion about Michael Jackson, charges of sexual abuse, the power of celebrity, and a very well-made documentary on HBO, and it's called Leaving Neverland. And we will be right back. In our travels, we've had the privilege of tasting some of the most delicious wines from all over the world. And I can tell you that the barrier to drinking most great wines isn't the price, it's access. And wine access has been a game changer. So easy to discover and drink some of the best wines from all around the world. Absolutely, Gary. You know, March is Washington Wine Month, and I can't tell you how excited I was to see WineAccess.com scored an allotment of the 2014 Betts Clos de Betts Red Wine from Columbia Valley, crafted by Washington wine legend and master of wine, Bob Betts. Betts can be thanked for changing the face of Washington wine. And this Bordeaux-style beauty is a true steal for $65. Wow, a Bordeaux-style for 65 And we love that wine. You know, Wine Access's dedicated team of experts taste over 20,000 bottles every year, offering us access to their favorite gems, exquisite bottles, and sakes that taste like they should cost so much more. Whether it's grapes from a family vineyard or a passion project from a legendary winemaker, Wine Access shares their full story, what makes each bottle so special. And delivers both the wine and the story right to your doorstep. Nice. We want to help you discover your favorite new bottle. So we've arranged this exclusive limited time offer. You'll get... 20% off these outstanding wines that are already a great value. But to get the 20% off, you must go now to our special website. It's wineaccess.com slash Cogill. For full details, go now to wineaccess.com slash Cogill. That's C-O-G-I-L-L. Welcome back to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. As Gary noted at the top of the show, we recently watched the controversial two-part HBO documentary, Leaving Neverland, which chronicles the late pop star, superstar, and his sexual relationship with two very young boys over a number of years. Gary, this was this was very disturbing to watch. Creepy, disturbing, icky. Um, at the same time, I'm a huge fan of Michael Jackson's. Have been my whole life. Uh, and then watched this career just kind of near the end of his life, uh, start getting weirder and weirder and Weird. weirder and started noticing little boys and children all around. And oh, how much Michael loved children and all this stuff. And I have to say up front that this already went through a court case a number of years ago and, uh, and, 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 and lost or the Jackson estate won, and the Jack- These, Michael Jackson Right, won. the kids featured in the documentary right. testified that nothing had happened. That nothing had ever happened. And so just a little background, um, it's Wade Rubson and James Safechuck, and his name is Safechuck. And, and at the age of seven, around seven, and really it goes back to probably around five or five, six. Five, yeah. But let's just say around seven and around ten, uh, Michael Jackson took them in, took their families in, uh, paid for them to travel all around the world on private jets, held hands with them, uh, traveled with them. They started having sleepovers. It just compounded and, and it went on for a number of years. And they weren't the only two little boys around. Eventually, there were more little boys around. And after the court case and after they, according to them in this documentary, lied mm-hmm. in court and Michael Jackson won the case, have come back to say, no, we lied about all that. We were, we were having sex a lot mm-hmm. with Michael Jackson. He taught us how to have sex. And we had all these sex rooms around Neverland Ranch. And you just listen to this 
commentary, not commentary, but testimony by these two guys. Mm-hmm. And I have no reason not to believe mm-hmm. them now. Just because, and this is a very complicated thing, but just uh, the whole idea of manipulation and sexual manipulation or any kind of manipulation, manipulation. especially towards children, and that it goes on for years to manipulate the families and everyone around them to think that Michael just loves children. And of course, Michael's not here to speak for himself, and he he already did and said he didn't do any of this. But man, it's hard not to listen to these guys and realize that at a very young age, they all bought in, and I think they were in love with Michael. I think that there's, you know, and and you did about ten minutes into just watching the as 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 documentaries go, it's a very well made documentary. It's extremely well made, and and it's soft spoken. It's not in your face. It's not in your face. It's and, not tabloid esque at all. And exactly, and the the boys, men now um, are the kind of obviously two key characters as well as their mothers, and so mm-hmm. to have this whole dialogue with their mothers that start out with this complete belief and here is this immensely talented man who is taking an interest in my son and how lucky are we and the control and the manipulation and the and and the you know inability to to not see what was going on around, I, I can't yeah. imagine what those poor mothers are are how how they can look at themselves now I because they a, allowed I, this to happen to their children to their children. I'm yes. Like like not even not you know fifteen sixteen is still not right, but these this like seven year old child yeah. that you're I, I can't even remember. Like what I was doing it when I was. There, oh, I do. Yes, I was going into a cave because my grandmother told me to. <laughs> that was last week's show. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah you guys would go spelunking while she read. Yes. This. Right. Um, but you, I think the question that we all ask is, what were the parents doing? What were the parents thinking? And you hear their case in this. They mm-hmm. they they make sense to them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me, and I can't imagine that. But it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But I, but it makes sense to them, and that's what's important, at mm-hmm. least in understanding this. I mean, at one point she goes in, and Michael's in bed with the son, but their clothes are on, so she doesn't think anything about it. Well, that's ridiculous. Why is a grown man in bed with a child? Why is a grown man allowed to sleep over down the hallway? Yeah. And you have a big giant suite, and you're the family. And it, isn't it cool that Michael's taking all this, you know? attention on our kid because he's a superstar and maybe he'll get in the music someday mm-hmm. and he's a good dancer too. the kid i mean they're, they're it's just so well, bizarre and i think it 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 is the the kind of the bigger conversation is when when there is an abusive person and and really whatever it is if if it's a complete pedophile with a child if it's a a husband that beats his wife if it's a a I mean, my God, a priest that is doing this to children, you know, right. somebody is is abusing the power that they have over someone to, to then basically, I mean, to, you, 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 I don't know how those, how those men are, are able to function today. Like how the, the, the guilt, the story, like how from years of abuse, like how do you, how do you, 
get rid of that? How right. do you how do you come out of that? You're talking about the perpetrators that yes. do this, yes. right? It's, they, they must be just heaped with guilt. Oh no, but I also feel yeah. so horrible for these boys. Well, these boys they, because they, I mean the right. the they were manipulated into thinking that they were that the light you know sh- shone on them and that they were so special, and then all of a sudden that was taken away. And and as this kind of story plays out, every now and then. Michael Jackson came back around and all of a sudden the light was so bright again. And so they would do anything because they wanted to stay in that light. And then all of a sudden there were all these other little boys around. And so it's like, exactly. And so, oh my gosh, he wants to be with me again. Now I'll do whatever I can to, to keep him here. So then it, again, it just continues this, it just can. It just continues. It's and weird it's for just, us to step back because yeah. we're not a part of this, and we step back and we look at it in like a big picture area. But if you're that kid and you're in the middle of it, and you're 10, 11, 12, and you're caught up in it, and you love Michael mm-hmm. and you want to be with him every minute, and then sex becomes a part of it. I mean, it just becomes. It's in a, even in their words, it became mm-hmm. normal existence mm-hmm. for them, and they're very frank in this movie about sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, they talk very frankly about what happened, how it happened, what kind of sex mm-hmm. they had, what rooms and all the different rooms he had in Neverland that were blocked off. And, and Yes, and, and locks and on doors and, and locks on, doors. on and, and uh, hiding in a closet so that if somebody came into the room, then they yeah. would at least be in the closet. And just all kinds of weird just stuff. Just filthy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just so disturbing and, and creepy. And it's completely criminal. It's completely illegal. And I, I, I just, I, I watched this and I... Feel for them. I have no reason. And the big case now is, you know, of course, the Jackson estate has sued HBO for $100 million. And I don't know where that will ever go, you know, for breach of contract or whatever. And, of course, they'll they'll deny all of this. But I, I have no reason not to believe these guys. I, I, I listen to them, and I'm sympathetic towards that. There's a big ick factor. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... People that are abused, sometimes it takes their whole lifetime to their come Their entire clean. life. It just, you, you have to give them their moment and, and listen to them and not just, you know, throw the book at them or throw a lawsuit at them. I think we have to listen to them and many, many other people because um, the art of manipulation, like you were saying, doesn't happen in one night. A kid doesn't come over and visit Michael Jackson and then they hold hands and have sex. Right. It happened over a long, yes. long period of... Of becoming, you know, befriending and and yeah. every single phase that I think you see with a lot of people who do manipulate yeah. and who do use their power and their control in in every different circumstance because once they once they have you, yeah, and it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. I mean, we watched that 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 crazy Dirty John series on Bravo <laughs> earlier, and it's the same kind of thing, same thing. you know. It's a, it's a it's somebody who 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 gets you, yeah. you know, who who finds a way to to pull you in, and then once you're there, they will hold you down and manipulate you until you, you know, finally, hopefully, are strong enough to break out. So we're coming to this. We're butting heads with this a lot right now, and that celebrities, and let's just say actors, and I'm not really talking about. Bob Weinstein, who was just an evil, horrible yeah. man. But you know, when you, you talk about Kevin Spacey, and you talk about Woody Allen, and you talk about some of the other people that are making art. Now it's R. Kelly, and now it's Michael Jackson. Can you separate their art 
um, from their personal life. And I think it's getting uh, more and more difficult to do that. I used to be able to do that really well. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm not really, I, I thought in the, in the 90s and in the 80s, Woody Allen was the greatest filmmaker on the planet. I really thought that he was unbelievably great. And he was for a period of about 10 years. And now it's getting to the point where I, I have to really research his movies before I want to go and see him. And I want to really think about that. Uh, now, when a Michael Jackson song comes on the radio, I don't know what to do with it. I'm still mm-hmm. processing this. I'm out on R. Kelly, but I didn't listen to a lot of R. Yeah. Kelly anyway. But I'm out on Kevin Spacey. Yeah. I've been out and on... And we Ke- adore... And that's just it. We I adore love Kevin Spacey. Exactly, I used to interview exactly. him. Oh, my God. I spent so much time with him. And, uh, and I just now, every time he pops up in a movie... I've, I'll turn it off and mm-hmm. avoid it. And that that says a lot about the power of this, that you just can't. There's a price to pay for all this manipulation, mm-hmm. and it's not just monetary, but it's, you know, when you're involved in the culture. So I don't know what to do with Jackson's music, right? I would imagine that uh, the more I think about this and the more people watch this, the less radio stations are going to play this music and the less that's being done. Well, and, you know, I hope, if anything, the whole the whole reason that I, I hope that, that this documentary was done and that this story did get out there is that if there are people that, you know, that have been abused and have um, have found themselves in, in this situation, that they will find the courage to, to yeah, speak. To because, say something. Because you... Um, you can't let the you can't let the you can't you can't let them win. You can't, can't let the bad guys win. Yeah, we yeah. yeah, we have to help them and, and be um, there and just listen to them and see how it plays out. And listen, and that's I think the other side of it because who knows? Maybe at one point one of those boys did say something to their mother, and maybe she said, "Oh no, Michael loves us. He would never do that." And and you just never yeah you yeah. You, you you don't know. And so that's just it. If if somebody is trying to tell you something, you have to listen to it. It's hard to process this. Isn't oh, it? it's just, it's very, Yeah, I would really recommend troubling. this. I mean, if you're listening to this and, you know, the ick factor is very high and we understand that. We're not making or asking you to watch anything. We're just telling you that it was really fascinating to us. It was fascinating. And really well done. This very is not well a, done documentary. This is not a shock job. Mm-mm. Yeah. Next time on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, more films in theaters and on demand. I can't wait. But for more on our discussion today, follow our blog on kogelconsulting.com or through Facebook. Be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Kogel. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas and Court. And with that, I'm Gary Kogel, and I'm always looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Kogel, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha.